1: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You
2: always follow the, follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah, yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN.
3: Welcome back. This part of the show brought to you by Jack Daniels. Let's get going early, Mitch. Drink smooth, draft smart, make it count. Compete free this March with the Whiskey and Win Series presented by Jack Daniels. Play an eight-free contest for your shot at a share of 24000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Daniels now to join the action. DraftKings.com for details. Jack Daniels, make it count. Speaking of alcohol, my dad, I called my Uncle Buck the original. Uncle Buck, before the movie came out, my dad was in the Boone and Crockett's book for killing one of the largest bears in Alaska. One of the biggest... Uh, how big? I, that, I, I didn't... Can't I get that, that detail yet. He huh? didn't know. He, he didn't know that. It was how big he was as well. Indy Jeff Sealy joins us now to talk golf. So many winners since the uh, return of the, the pandemic after the shutdown. and We'll talk about Bay Hill in a second, but first at CutMakerPod.com, at CutMakerJeff on Twitter. Some big news here. Tell us who you got on your podcast.
4: Yeah, we had a, we had a good, a really good podcast this week, guys. We, uh, especially if you play DFS, a couple of guys who, who don't uh, do very many podcasts my buddies, Bryce Morrow and Blake Stevenson. Um, you probably know Blake better as empire maker Two on Twitter. Uh, they came on and we, we talked a lot of DFS, a few bets, but a whole lot of DFS. So if you play uh, DFS on DraftKings at all, uh, you definitely want to check out the pod this week, a lot of good content on there. That'll help you fill out your lineups for the Arnold Palmer.
3: Sure, great. Always great. Uh, listen, CutMakerPod.com, DFS, and also uh, uh, picks as well. Tell us about the course in Bay Hill, please.
4: Sure, guys. So Bay Hill's—it's a, a, obviously been around for a long time. Um, this course has been played in the tournament forever. So seventy-four fifty-yard, excuse me, seven hundred and seven thousand four hundred fifty-yard par seventy-two. Uh, one of the harder courses on tour. Winning score is usually around ten under or so, so very similar to last week in terms of difficulty. Um, you got to be a strong driver, you got to have good long irons, and you got to be able to avoid bogeys. And we saw saw what happens if you can't avoid bogeys. Ask Daniel Berger uh, last week. Got to be able to avoid bogeys, especially on Sunday. And so uh, I think we'll be in for another great, uh, great finish on Sunday. Interestingly enough, uh, last week last year's champion Bryson uh withdrew, so uh it's an interesting, kind of top heavy field, um, but it's gonna make for some really interesting opportunities and I think there's some pretty bad list pricing here this week.
0: Okay, so I, I want to begin with the favorite though to win this thing. I'm looking right now at one book out here in Las Vegas where John Rom's odds is as low as plus six fifty. I'm sorry, Jeff, but I just I mean yeah. there's no chance I could ever consider John Rahm in in a field like this at plus six fifty. I can't do it. I know he's awesome. I know people love the guy. How are you approaching it with Rom that low?
4: Well, here's what's really interesting. So, I, the first thing is, and let's just talk briefly about DFS. He is only priced three hundred dollars more than Rory on DFS, which I know you guys don't play a ton of DFS, but that's like nothing in daily fantasy. Yet, in the head-to-head matchup against Rory, he's minus one hundred and sixty. So, it's hmm. he I mean he's a tremendous play in DraftKings this week if you're going to play uh, somebody in the higher end range if you're going to bet him, he's completely unbettable at his current price. Right. Mm-hmm. So again, like we talk about all the time, you want to look for spots on Thursday or Friday. If all of a sudden, you know, you could very easily see, I'll pick a guy, um, Victor Hovland, Victor Hovland could easily go out day one and be five under and ROM shoot, you know, even par, he's five shots back. You might get a price of 15, 16 to one or so on, uh, you know, on ROM at that point. I think that's when you want to look to fire, um, you wait till you get him in the mid-teens, but because you, you see he comes storming back on the weekends like a lot of like these true stars do. Um, but I don't think he's bettable at this price. What a great drafting play yeah. at that! At that and, price.
3: and you've given out a ton of winners on this show the last couple of years. But I'll tell you right now, I can't. Good luck to you. I can't do it with Adam Scott. It's infuriating to have a ticket on Adam Scott. He can't putt.
4: <laughs> well, no, listen, you're absolutely right. But what's interesting, Paul, is that you know. He, we all know how great a ball striker he is, and with the disaster has been with his putter. We've seen him miss four footers with regularity. But again, he has gained strokes putting in twelve of his last fifteen tournaments. I know it sounds hard to believe, but he's actually done it. If he does that this weekend and strikes the ball as well as he has, I mean, he can win this tournament. Thirty-five to one is a great price for someone with Adam Scott's pedigree, but even a little lower down the board. But again, I think a bad miss price. Is, is Hideki Matsuyama. Mm. Um, he's as high as 28 to one on points bet. He's not a guy I bet very often, but his long-term form we know is strong, but his short-term form has him top 10 at both proximity from 200 yards and par five scoring. You're going to have to score in the par fives this weekend. You're going to have to birdie those because this is a tough course. You got to take advantage when you can. Um, Hideki's played here several times. And despite some decent performances, has usually putted very, very poorly here. Last year he wasn't as bad, and honestly, and recently he's putted at least neutral. If Hideki puts neutral this week again, I'm rolling the dice on two guys who are notoriously bad putters, Hideki and Adam Scott. But I like both of them, and I've already bet them this week.
3: Okay. Yep. I know. I know Jeff Sherman likes this guy too. What do you think of Mitchell?
4: Oh, man, I was I was shocked when I was uh, when I ran my both my long term and short term models this week. And the first guy that came up was Keith Mitchell and it was course agnostic. That was the crazier thing. If I would have factored in course history initially, it would have made sense because Mitchell has his course history has been tremendous. Um, In, in 2020, he was fifth and 2019 he was sixth. So he has good course history, but it didn't even weight that in. He was number one in both models and he's 45 to one. He always plays well in Florida. He's top five in proximity from 200 yards par five scoring. And one of the areas that I think a lot of people overlook is par three scoring. You see a lot of bogeys on par threes and Mitchell's fourth in the field in par threes from 200 and 250 yards. There's four of those here this week. All these holes traditionally play over par for the field. So Mitchell plays those. Well, it's another area he may gain um, good course history, really good recent form. Keith Mitchell's a great play at forty-five
0: to one. All right, very good. Let's follow the money here on V the Sports Betting Network. Indie Jeff Seely, our guest on Twitter again at CutMaker Jeff. Uh, Jeff. So th- those are the core plays. How about some some long shots, some bombs? And I know you're going to begin with uh, Maverick McNeely and tell us why you like him. A lot of people I know have been on him now uh, in this calendar year. He's played well, yeah. but he's he's a huge number this week.
4: He is, yeah. He's 60 to one this week, and my probably one of my favorite plays for the weekend is him at the top 20, a plus 170. He grades out, certainly within the top 20 for me. He checks a lot of the key boxes. Um, I'm Again, I'm a little concerned about the par three scoring for him, but again, another guy, if he plays the par threes even for the tournament, I think he can make a really strong run. Guys, another guy who's been flying under the radar and playing great golf lately is Cam Young. He's finished 16th, Second, twenty sixth, twentieth, and 40th his last five events. He's seventy five to one. So this, he's a twenty four years old. Went to Wake Forest. He's currently fifteenth in the FedEx Cup rankings. Yet you couldn't pick him out of a lineup. Most people couldn't pick him out of a lineup. Mm-hmm. His long irons and putting have been great lately. I think this may be the week he breaks through for his first PGA Tour victory. I love him at seventy five to one, and a guy who I'm going to continue to bet as a long play. Mitch, I know he's a guy you like as well. Lanto Griffin, 80 to one, grades out really well this week. Uh, pops again, a, everything that you need to do well here, Lanto does well, except avoid bogeys. And, and Lanto is notorious for the double that or triple or worse that ends up crippling him in the tournament. But he's top 30 in putting in the long irons and par five scoring and par three scoring from the key range. So if he can just avoid some big blow up holes, Lanto at eighteen one, I think, be in the conversation.
0: All right, so Matsuyama, Scott, Mitchell, McNeely, Young, and Griffin for the outrights. How about matchups that you like this weekend?
4: Yeah, I played Sanjay M. I expect a strong bounce back him uh, for him this week over Matt Fitzpatrick, and Seamus Power grades out really well in my model. Um, I, Justin Rose, I just don't think he keep it going for a whole tournament, so I played Power over Rose.
0: All right, buddy. Again, follow him on Twitter. He is that Cup Maker Jeff, and go check out that podcast this week. Again, Empire Maker yep. Two on Twitter. Uh, you're telling us is one
3: of the sharpest guys you've ever met.
4: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a good, it's a good pod, great information, especially if you like uh, DFS. Very All cool.
3: Right. And we'll see you in a month, my friend, for the Masters. Looking,
4: forward, it, to Looking it. forward to it. There you go, Hi, buddy.
3: Excellent job. Humans uh, and Jeff Sherman also like Zalatoris as well. Mm. I uh, put some pizza money on him. So there you go. Good stuff. Phil, Phil Mickelson. Oh my God. I mean, wow. losing sponsors left and right here. My oh. God, Phil. Uh, yeah. How about that? Oh, I was supposed to be off the record. Okay. And the, the reporter disputed that, too. Poor Phil. What a well, bad job. By n-
0: not good when he said that. And no, absolutely. Like, like, every single person in the business came out and said, uh, unfortunately, Phil, that reporter is, like, the best reporter in the business. Yeah. So, you apology sucked, too. Oh, it was a terrible apology. Yeah. Yep. I'm a good guy. Made it about him. Uh, yeah. yeah. Horrible job by Mickelson. That's the thing, is that, like, overall, in totality, Phil Mickelson... Has never really been that likable of a guy. Just hasn't been. Yeah. Don't forget the Billy Walters. stuff. Of course, you can't. I'm apparently, Billy's going to get into it in his book. Yeah, but I, I, I do remember him on the Manning Cast this year, and he was the best guest they had the entire season. Yeah. Oh, he's funny. Mickelson was, yeah. and, but he was asking like you can tell you could tell by watching the Manning Cast that Phil Mickelson bets on games. Yeah. You just you knew it right away. Mm. He's asking every question
3: that the audience wanted wanted answered. I don't know. I think it says a lot about a person. When you cash a big future ticket, and you already have a ton of money, but you cash a big future ticket on the team to win the Super Bowl, and they have a big celebration and party for you when you come in to cash the ticket and you tip zero. Yeah,
0: There's probably more to the story than what we know, but that was when he won on the Ravens all the way back in, what, 2001? Yeah, with a great defense. Had a huge number on that team to win the Super Bowl for a gigantic bet at the Bellagio. Yep.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Threw
0: him a big deal. Come on. Sprink, sprinkle the infield. Yeah. Make it rain a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Come on. All right, it's follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. You can get in touch with the show. Email is open as always. FTM at VCN.com. FTM for follow the money at vsin.com is the email. Up next. Did Sportsbooks adjust NFL draft odds for the number one overall pick based on one mock draft? And Tony Pauline is a draft analyst for Pro Football Network. Evan Neal is the favorite of most books to go number one overall now. Does he agree with that? We'll find out coming up next.
1: Terms and
2: conditions apply.
3: Thank you, First Bet. Take your shot at a free $5 million horse racing sweepstakes presented by First Bet. Pick the winner of 15 races this Saturday, and the grand prize is yours. And if nobody goes 15 for 15... The top finisher wins an ex- all-expenses-paid trip to the 2022 Preakness Stakes. Sign up to bet it with our friends at First Bet using the code Vegas 25 to get $25 instantly just for signing up. Use it to bet this weekend, first Saturday Mega Racing Cards at Gulfstream in Santa Anita. Veasan.com/horses for more details, and Vegas 25 is the code.
0: All right, so we had a new mock draft yesterday. And it was the guy who's been doing mock drafts in the public yep. and in media longer than anybody else. Mel Kiper Jr. came out, and it was not Evan Neal going number one overall in his mock draft. It was not Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. It was the offensive tackle, Ekwanu, from NC State going number one overall. And his odds to go number one at various sports books across the country were between plus 6.50 and 8.00 to 1.00 over the weekend. Now, I don't know the answer to this question. I don't know why. I reached out to some sports books. I never, it's so it's dicey. Mm-hmm. But I asked why the movement on his odds yesterday. Because I'll, I'll run down his new current odds at several books coming up. Does does Mel Kiper Jr. have that much power to where when his mock comes out and a guy like this who is not the favorite to go number one overall
3: is like seven or eight to one and his odds move down to two to one? Is that the reason why? No, that's, that's odd, right? Yeah. McShea did his mock a couple weeks ago. He had Neal number one and had the kid, uh, I think, fourth to the Jets. But it just, yeah, they expected that you get Jacksonville got to go offensive lineman. Who's it going to be? Because
0: I'm following this stuff and I pay Mm -hmm. attention to the odds every single day. Okay. Every day. Yeah. So I'm looking right now. um, When this came out yesterday, I went immediately and looked at various sports books again. Bet Rivers with Aquanu, he's two to one now. Man. Two to one. Points bet moved him to plus three twenty five.
3: Yeah. He's gonna do another one and he'll change it. I guarantee it though. He'll, oh I know he'll, he will. he'll do
0: another one and change I, it. I, yeah, for sure. That that's that's the yeah. way it goes. Uh-huh. Uh, DraftKings has him at now plus four fifty. That moved. And Points Bet, by the way, was moving throughout the day yesterday. It went from like five to four to plus three twenty five. Out here in Las Vegas, they're not they're not moving like other books. William Hill had him at plus five fifty and station still yeah. plus six fifty. Okay.
3: Kuiper also had the first quarterback picket at eleven. And Matt Miller, yeah. Matt Miller tweeted. I'm talking to teams more about Trubisky than the 2022 quarterback class. Okay, how about that? Yeah. Okay. It.
0: All right, some more on the uh, draft now in the Combine. Tony Pauline joins the program now, NFL Draft Analyst with Pro Football no- uh, Network. Tony, thanks for the time today. You're in Indy. How are you?
2: Okay, a little bit tired. Only the first day of the uh, Combine. It starts to really pick up the next couple of days, but uh, it's good to be back, that's for sure, after uh, cancellation last year.
0: Yeah. Was it a late-night steak? Gathering last night at what, St. Elmo's in downtown with everybody?
2: Yeah, no, no, no. I, I got a scoop on the story, so I was back here right ah. now.
0: Okay, gotcha. Uh, uh, so what do you make? We were just running down the new odds on Iquanu, the offensive tackle at NC State, and how they have shifted now this week. He was around, you know, plus 650, 7-1, 8-1, all the way as low as 2-1 to now at Bet Rivers. Are you buying this where he could go number one overall?
2: No, not at all. I mean, uh, <laughs> Aiden Hutchinson is the top prospect. You got Kayvon Thibodeau who may fall a bit. You know, that would be a pick based on need. And uh, there are many better prospects or higher rated prospects. And, and you know, when you're top, if you are at the top of the draft, you've got to take the best player available. I think in the best case scenario, if the Jaguars want an offensive lineman, whether it be a Kwanda, whether it be, uh, you know, the Alabama offensive lineman, Evan Neal, they trade down. I just can't see them sitting at the top of the draft and taking a guy like that when there are better players available.
0: Copy. Okay, so let me ask you this though: If it is an offensive lineman, which one do you like the most out of Equan O'Neal, and also I've I've seen people make a case for Cross, the kid from uh, Mississippi State. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I cross as far away a number three on my list. I have Evan Neal slightly higher than uh, Aquanu. I just don't think Aquanu is going to be a left tackle in the NFL. I think he's a right tackle. I actually have him as a guard. I think he's more of a small area blocker. I think he's going to be very good. He's very explosive. I mean, he is a guy who mashes opponents into the ground, but I think you know he's more of a power gap guard, which means you can't put him in motion, can't put him out there on the second level, uh, can't have him really block uh, far from the line of scrimmage. Uh, I I think Gavin Neal has got a better chance at playing left tackle in the NFL than Aquano does. As far as Charles Cross is concerned, I mean, you watch Charles Cross at Mississippi State from a football point of view. He's never come out. He rarely ever comes out of a three-point stance in that Mississippi State offense. He doesn't bend his knees. He just doesn't do the the correct things fundamentally.
0: Okay. Of the quarterbacks that are probably going to go in the first round, you know, and you can agree or disagree with the list, but I'll throw... Pickett, Willis, and Corral at you. There may be some others, I guess. How many overall do you think, as of right now, we get to go in the first round? And which quarterback do you think goes first?
2: I think Willis goes first somewhere oh. in the middle of round one. I don't think he's a top 15 pick. He may end up in the top 15, but he's got a high upside. but he's, And he's got a lot of downside risk as well. He's a guy that needs a lot, a lot of work on his game. You know, I have Matt Corral. Rated slightly higher than Kenny Pickett because Corral's got a better arm. You could use him more in a vertical offense than Kenny Pickett. I like Kenny Pickett of the three you mentioned. He's the most NFL ready, but he doesn't have the highest upside. He's more of a game manager. You know, when the quarterbacks throw on Thursday, compare Kenny Pickett's ball speed to the other quarterbacks, especially when they're throwing side uh, side by side, I should say. And then, of course, there's the issue with the hand size. Uh, I doubt his hand is going to measure nine inches. A report on Pro Football Network a couple of weeks ago, he's doing exercises uh, with that thumb to kind of widen his grip. Uh, but there are some teams that are just not going to uh, draft a quarterback early on if they don't have a nine-inch with hand.
3: I know a lot of people have said this as well. Do you feel the same way? How do you evaluate Ritter, and could he sneak in the back end of the first round?
2: Be shocked if he sneaks in the fir- uh, back in okay. the first round. You know, he's he's a physically gifted guy. He's got a good arm. For the most part, he reads defense as well. But the fact is that when you watch the film his accuracy was way off point. He was very wild with his throws. And, and I'm not talking about statistical accuracy. I'm, I'm saying watch how many times guys like Alec Pierce or his tight ends had to leave their feet or adjust backwards to grab the ball out of the air because the ball was not spot on. And, you know, you can get away with that on Saturday. You can't do that on Sunday. Okay.
3: How about mm-hmm. Carson Strong?
2: Carson Strong is disappointed to me. I, I mean, I was one of the first on Carson Strong as a, when he was a redshirt freshman, and he came in and took over when they had the injury at the quarterback position uh-huh. in Nevada. He's a big-arm quarterback. He's got a high upside, but two things. I mean, that Nevada offense never really helped him progress as a passer. And he's a guy who just likes to sling the ball down the field. He's got to learn to become an NFL passer, make NFL throws on a consistent basis. There's also the question. He had a significant, a massive knee injury in high school, which has raised some red flags or at least raised some speculation. So we'll find out this week. If that speculation, you know, if there's some basis to it, because there are some who feel that, that uh, knee injury from high school is going to drag him down. I like Carson right. Strong. I like his upside. I think he could be one of the more talented quarterbacks to come out of this draft, but he needs proper coaching. He needs development.
3: I'm with you. Would we'll take the best player available. Could Sauce Gardner go as high as five or six?
2: Uh, I could see it. It, You know, it depends on what happens with Derek Stingley. I mean, Gardner is a is a guy whose game has improved. He was a much better cornerback in two thousand twenty one than he was in two thousand twenty. He's got that coveted size. He's got the speed. He's a physical guy. I mean, none of these quarterbacks are as good as what we saw last year with Patrick certain and J.C. Horn. Uh, then again, we had, what, three quarterbacks go right off the board one, two, three last year. You don't have that this year. So I think it is a possibility. I don't, but I don't think Garden's is as good as the guys we saw last year.
0: Okay. How high are you on Drake London, and uh, does he go in the top ten?
2: Be shocked if he goes in the top ten. He's a good receiver. I mean, he wins out for the contested throws. You gotta see what his shuttle times are. You gotta see what his three cone times are. I mean, the NFL draft is rife with big, tall college receivers who were able to just beat down opponents and went out for the contested throw on Saturday, but they can't separate on Sunday. And that's the whole, you know, that's the whole game. Because all of a sudden, when you line up on Sunday, the guy on the other side of the offensive line from you, or the line of scrimmage, I should say, is as big, is as physical, is as as gifted ta- athletically. So I, I like Drake London. I think, you know, he's a fluid, smooth guy. I think he will kind of, you know, get rid of sort of a bit of that argument that uh, he's a big guy who can't separate, but still, it just doesn't translate to a top-12 selection for me.
0: All right, Tony, we have like 30 seconds here. One more receiver question. Uh, where do you think Jamison Williams ends up going, mm-hmm. the outstanding receiver from Alabama who was injured?
2: Yeah, well, talk to me after we get his medicals in. I think he's going to be a first-round pick. I think he could go probably somewhere between selections 15 to 22. I think he'll be the second receiver off the board. If it were not for that uh, injury, I mean, he would have been the first receiver taken off the board, and we would have been talking about Jameson Williams as a potential top-ten pick.
0: Totally. Yep, absolutely Mm. agree. Follow him on Twitter. He's at Tony Pauline, and read him at ProFootballNetwork.com. Great stuff today, Tony. Enjoy the Combine.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Yep. Thanks, Tony. Very busy guy. Got a scoop last night. All right. Can't wait to find out what uh, he's going to be writing about today. Then when that comes out.
3: Uh, Kuiper only had three quarterbacks in the first round. Corral last pick. McShay had four. He did have Howell sneaking in the back end of the first round. All
0: right. Uh, Up next, we will address some of the stuff with Major League Baseball, some questions that we're getting about it. I I would tell you this. As always, make sure you know the house rules, especially this year.
2: The Sports Betting Network.
3: I really like uh, Winners and whiners.com. They do a great job with their previews on all uh, matchups and sporting events. It's a good read, as always. And Craig Tapp, Trap, the founder of Picks and has an opinion on UConn and Creighton tonight. You can text 775 375 4500 for the uh, UConn Creighton game com. Okay, so a bunch of people have,
0: have reached out uh, over the last couple of weeks asking about Major League Baseball. They're, well, basically just trying to, you know, gauge some future bets, maybe some award winners, uh, home run title, that kind of a deal. Uh, and I have been consistent in this. Uh, I, I have told every single person the same exact thing. Uh, I am being ultra careful this year in Major League Baseball. I've made one bet. That's it. And it was on the Orioles at 200 to one to win the American league East. That's it. Um, I have no bets on anything else. I was afraid that this was going to happen, meaning yesterday and we'll play you some of the audio from Rob Manfred and we were not going to get games. So I did not know quite frankly, and it's a busy time of year, obviously I didn't know if, you know, sports folks would reset and pull, pull down their pools, their betting pools and then recreate new ones and I would tell you this, I reached out to Randy, who's in charge of uh, the baseball odds over at the Westgate. Now, this is one example, but as always, know the house rules. And here is, like, if you're coming to town for March Madness, you want to put some baseball bets in, here, here are their rules, for example. Uh, hey, World well, Series, pennants, and all awards have no minimum games. So you're good to go on those, future bets. Divisions for futures on Major League Baseball divisions, minimum games played, is uh, 81. Now, for most home runs and most pitching wins, it's 130 games minimum. So at this point, I, I, that could be in trouble. So they announced yesterday they're going to skip the first two series already, and if it if this boils into April and then May, eh, you're getting close to like 130, and then the Westgate, using one sportsbook as the example, they would reset those pools then, and what you've bet would be a refund. Everybody's, to me, yep. making these bets... And just not worth it at this point. I want to know oh. what's going to happen with baseball first.
3: Also, once they uh, uh, can come to an agreement, I would expect, as a lot of players have tweeted, it's going to be crazy with the signings. With the fr- it'll be a frenzy. Oh, it's going to be what's a to- frenzy. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah? What happened? Yeah, sure. I'm with you, and we'll just see how many games will be canceled here when it's all said. Uh-huh. Uh, the, we're going to have 12 playoff teams. I that's one thing they get, they came to an agreement on. And according to
0: reports, um, yeah. the the owners the owners. They were really pushing for 14, but then got to 12. Like I, it doesn't make any sense, right? To play 162 game season, then have 14 teams make the playoffs. Like, what's the point of a hundred? If you want, yes, if you okay, I would say this. If you want to cut it down to 140 games or 130 games, and then play have 14 teams get in, that's great. But what are you going to do now? Are you going to start like on March 23rd and then play until November 10th? That's a really long season
3: we're talking about. It's too long. Yes, it is. No doubt about it. This was good yesterday. Uh, Manfred came out and met with the media and was asked about you know the, the sense of urgency. Yeah, you've been you've been uh, going hardcore the last ten days, but he was asked what happened in the previous four months. Hey, Rob. Understanding that deadlines create urgency, you locked out the players to jumpstart the negotiations. It feels like real bargaining went on just in the last twenty-four to thirty-six hours. I'm sure people are wondering why not over the last three three months or even longer to get to a point where you're not necessarily canceling games because there's some momentum here. Yeah, I think the the best answer to that question is the last 10 days. We've been here ready to bargain, full committees, owners, players, for 10 days, and it got going two days before the deadline. I, You know, that's the best explanation I can give you.
0: So a lot of people had a problem with that. Sure. Oh, so you've been ready to go well, you, the last you, 10 days. You know, what happened in January?
3: You, you blew three months. Right. Because you made significant. You made a lot of headway there once you were up against the clock. Mm-hmm. Things were getting, looked close, well, at least for a uh, well, couple hours looked like they were close. Okay, yeah, let's go
0: back to 24 to like 30 hours ago when a couple of Major League Baseball reporters were tweeting out, like, it looks like something could happen here, right? Like, we're getting really close. They met really late until, you know, Monday, late night, Monday night into Tuesday morning. There are always two sides of the story, always. I will give you one tweet from a Major League Baseball player for their perspective. This is Alex Wood, pitcher, who said, For what it's worth, Major League Baseball has pumped to the media last night and today that there's momentum toward a deal. Now saying the player's tone has changed, so if a deal isn't done today, it's our fault. This isn't a coincidence. We've had the same tone all along. We just want a fair deal to play ball. I can buy into that a little bit, right? Because, again, it mm-hmm. was looking good in some of the reports coming out, and that would be potentially why they were doing that. Anyway, it's just, you know, it's unfortunate because uh, I still love the sport. Um, Paulie, you and I were doing hits on Major League Baseball, the website, um, a in lot last network, year yeah. on the network a few right, times. Yeah. And it was the best baseball season I've ever had. And uh, yeah. it's, it's the most baseball I've ever watched in my entire life. I was watching it every single day. And some of the futures that we hit were just were incredible. Bryce Harper, sixty-six to one, to win the MVP. Uh, Corbin Burns, thanks to Matt Vascurgeon, fifty Vaskirgin. to one, Cy Young.
3: Yep. Um, Robbie Ray.
0: Vladimir Guerrero, forty-five to one, home run title, title splitting that well, the, by, well, I mean, by yeah. watching so many games with Salvador Perez at two hundred to one.
3: Perez thing was great.
0: Robbie Ray, two hundred fifty to one, to win the Cy Young. It was an incredible year. I I, I don't want baseball to. Miss games. I, I want to watch as much as possible and have as many bets as we can get down. So we've uh,
3: uh, how many games are going to be canceled? We all, they've only canceled two series. Yeah, so far and there's no so plans that's... to talk uh, right right now. I mean, will they meet back in a week here. Yeah, is that yeah. How, how long would we'll how long of a spring training do you need? That's another thing. It's a great question. I'll, I'll ramp up, right? But uh, in terms of you know hurting your sport and and the younger demographic not paying attention. Here's all you need to know. Uh, Tyler Hero has more Instagram followers than Mike Trout. I, is it even close? That's, uh, I think it's close, but is it? Yeah. That's. I think that's all you need to know. I mean, Mike Trout is the best player in baseball, and in in the LA market. Yeah. And Tyler Hero, who's a nice player, it was Good. awful last year. Yep. But how many people?
0: Well, I would say this. It, I mean, it, that's
3: just um, you, the younger demographic. You have
0: no, does not care. Mike Trout, I mean, if he doesn't get hurt, he's, like, on pace, or he was on pace to go down as, like, one of the better players of all time. Let's be honest here. If you put him in a lineup and you asked kids, I say kids, if you asked people 30 and below, if you put him in a lineup with, like, five other athletes and say, name Mike Trout, they'd probably say, I have no clue who Mike Trout is.
3: I I don't know. i take a guess. 2.3 to 1.9 million followers. Otani, another one. How great was that? We've never seen MVP, that before. Yeah, what Otani was doing. Big future tickets on him MVP. W- we've been yearning for somebody to
0: pull off a Babe Ruth type season, and he yep. did it times 10 last yep. year. And you know,
3: Yep. So, yep. Wild. Yep. Unfortunate. All the way around. That's it. Can we also give you this?
0: Yep. Uh, Michael Lombardi was awesome earlier this week. Yes, Again. he was. Some big news in the NFL. We just talked combine. Tony Pauline was great. Uh, but this was on Kyler Murray, and uh, that letter or that note, huh. that manifesto, whatever it was, that his agent sent out earlier this week on social media. Well, Michael Lombardi hosts the Lombardi Line. It's uh, weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, right here on Veasan. Longtime executive in the league, he's great on the air. Uh, he kind of went scorched earth
5: on Murray's ransom letter. Well, it's not a manifesto. It's a ransom letter. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, if it would have been typed in like cartoon things and pasted together, it it would have easily passed. FBI probably dusted it for fingerprints once it came in. Murray's a self-indulged player. I mean, he he sees himself as having no wrong. I mean, let's face it. You know, they, they he comes back from the injury. He he throws the ball 15 times against Chicago. They lose to the Rams. We're never in that game. They lose to Detroit on the road in Detroit. They come back, they lose to Indianapolis at home, they beat Dallas in a, in, in, a, in an interesting game, and then they lose to Seattle in the finale, and they lose in the wild card game. I mean, the guy won one game, two games, beat Dallas and Chicago, and he's back, and he, and, he, and he wants more money. And his behavior on the field is comical, the way he points the finger. He's got no teammates endearing himself to him. And now, how do you think they feel about now? He says he wants all the money.
0: Yeah, I also like what he said. Uh, when are we going to get Colt McCoy's ransom letter?
5: <laughs> He's like, because the Cardinals, I got news
0: for you. They were good That's last right. year. He when Murray missed
3: games. Yeah, he won games on the road. Yeah. I know. He's right. It was ugly down the stretch. And for him to say, well, I don't like to be uh, taking the blame for what happened in the playoff loss. He, he, what's the, he was terrible. That the, the
0: pick again, six was a high school throw. Yeah, the, the, the team should oh. sit Murray and his agent down and play that INT on a loop and oh. just say, Kyler.
3: Oh, what are you doing here?
0: What, what are you doing? What'd you see? Yeah. Yeah. What'd you see? Uh, also, uh, yeah, side note, they just flashed up the the Coach K stuff. Did we talk about that yesterday? Highest Did ticket. Price? The, oh, the, yeah. the, the highest ticket that uh, ESPN was showing the other night to get into to Coach K's last game on Saturday night. One ticket, seven, the highest one, $75,000. Wouldn't, oh, lo- wouldn't you love to be at that game, though, on Saturday? I've never been to
3: Cameron Indoor. No,
0: I've never liked Duke and I, Coach I, K for I a never, second.
3: I never, but no. Come
0: on, that would be a great. Come on, that would be a great place to be this weekend.
3: Can't you argue Kentucky Louisville's a better
0: rivalry? Oh, Pat Forty will for sure. Yes, he will. Yeah. Uh, In pocket plays, what we are betting today. Coming up next year and follow the money. It's V Synth the Sports Betting now.
5: to determine the winner of any given college basketball game.
3: Someone gives you 10000 to one on anything. You take it. Take it. Take
0: it. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three
3: to one odds. No, nope. five to one. No, nope.
0: ten to one. You're up. In topic coming up in a second. I can't wait. 15 minutes from right now, Randy McKay's going to be in studio for a full hour. Yeah. Professional gambler. Sports better. He'll give out picks. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what he thinks... When I say he hasn't had a job in 25 years, oh, he'll brag about it.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but also, I mean, it's uh, that's what it's, it's a grind. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, there's nothing easy to this. Yeah. You know. He gave me five NASCAR plays on the four of a one I mean, matchups. He's like, oh, he's got yeah, he's got everything. Yeah. I mean, he's got his he's got his hand in the cookie jar and everything.
0: Great on hockey. Yes. NASCAR, NFL. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so last night that was a back and forth battle between the Pistons and the Wizards. What a it, weird finish. It was was strange.
3: Missed the three, offensive rebound, missed the three, ran out of time. Pistons were down big,
0: came back, tied it, then down big again, came back to make it a game. Uh, For those of you who got three and a half, you're a winner. I got three. That's a push. Tonight, back at it in the NBA. Yeah, give me the Heat plus the four and a half. Bucks with a great performance the other night against the Hornets. But I do like this Heat team specifically against Milwaukee, uh, and I like the Heat team anyway. They might be the best team in the Eastern Conference. Give me the four and a half.
3: As the dog. Inconsistent, my uh, Milwaukee team. Yep. No doubt about it. Yep, and there we go. Huh? Right, Devils. It took 57 seconds, and out here, Vegas, goal in the first 10, two minutes. There you go. They jump on teams at home. It's been that way since they came into the league. And uh, I'll give this out. This moved a little bit, but well, you know why not? I think this is a gift to win the Ohio Valley tournament. Murray State minus two dollars. They won. They went 18 and 0 in league. They played. They swept Belmont. And beat them by an average of uh, 27 points per game. That's the two seed. They have a bye into the semifinals. You think it's a gift? Yes, I do. I think it's a gift. Murray State will punch the first ticket to the dance Saturday night. Murray State to win the Valley. You don't have to worry about the first round game. They're already in the semis. and didn't lose a conference game the whole year and thumped and thoroughly embarrassed. Belmont in both meetings in pocket presented by bet. Rivers, your hometown book. Check out their daily specials posted afternoon. Eastern at bet. apologies on the leans, but uh, we weren't the only ones on golden state from pick up to four. Yeah. And uh golf tough with golf coast, much like your IUPUI. Tour. Oh, the IUPUI was just, I mean, I mean they're up 20. In haymaker. Yeah. You're laying 10. You're up 20 in the second half. You're up 14 with a minute. And they won by nine. I'm looking uh,
0: right now. Uh, Calgary, by the way, might after another nice win last night. Oh yes, Markstrom had 30 plus saves again. Uh, they're minus three fifty to win the Pacific today.
3: That high. Yeah. Can you repeat what you said about Shesterkin? About it, how every guy says he's he's a Vesna with but two. Every guy but two. And you can I, find a dollar twenty, dollar forty. Actually, in some people,
0: I think out of the, I it's think it's either him or Markstrom. And wh- one or but two. It, it, it's. One or two people had him winning the heart.
5: I can't. Yeah, okay, I can't there, get there yes. with that.
0: I can't go that far. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. But I would say that if you, but if you have Markstrom at a big number to win the Vesna, the time you may have you missed the best time to get down on Chesterkin, Obviously,
3: our friend says he should be four dollars.
0: Yeah, I would Chesterkin. still. I would still say if, if you have Markstrom, if you want to lay a dollar, twenty-five dollar, with him, I would do it. Okay. Our,
3: I have our friend Tony checking in point shaver. Uh, Pelicans, first quarter under on the road, 16-1 and one run. Wow. Is he's that a, right? He's the quarter assassin. Yeah, he was on that one a while back. Yep. And uh, good good tweet here. Uh, why not? Makes sense. Guy says the Middle Tennessee line's fishy. I concur. They're laying two at Charlotte. Right. They beat them by 15. The last time they played, the Middle Tennessees won 13-14. I thought that we were going over that an hour yep. ago. And yeah. uh, you showed it, how their number one ATS Covering numbers. Yeah.
0: That is a fishy line. Yep. Right.
3: And isn't that the conference we talked
0: about with, with, with the trends earlier that uh, I got to go back and get well, this, that. This isn't a tournament game. So
3: no, well, okay. What, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. We haven't started that yet. That confused myself. Yep. Yeah, with the curtain. All right. But, that, but that's also yeah, more on that league, and that could be fun. I I, I don't want North Texas on the bubble. That That's unfortunate. Well, they're a
0: are, there are 12 seed right now in the bracket matrix, so.
3: They've won 20 of 21, top 40 net, top 40 strength of record. Come on,
0: that's the, what what you got to be in.
3: I don't. You want to, as, as opposed to a team that's under five hundred in mm-hmm. league play in a major conference. Yeah. Come on, they're also going to win their league, so that's that's impressive. Come on, yeah. right? I want to go back to what we were talking about before
0: uh, we got to this segment. So you're telling me right now that you would have no interest in
3: being at Duke, North Carolina this weekend? No. Why? I want to watch Ohio. I watch the Murray State game. I will watch something else. I, I, I don't. I don't get into that. It used to be great. But I don't. I don't have any. I don't care about Duke, North Carolina. No, I mean, I I don't even care about its Coach K's final game or what. I mean, what? What's okay? So what? uh, Then, then they they have the conference tournament. Then they have March Madness. I mean, I don't. What?
0: I I don't care. I don't like. I won't watch a second of that. I I, I will. You won't watch a second of it. I won't
3: know. No, I won't watch. It's not going. It's not going head to head with. uh, the Ohio, I think the Ohio Valley tips at 530%. Pacific. i will be watching the Ohio Valley title game. I, I mean, things have changed
0: clearly as we've gotten older. Like, I used to love going to games and being in these atmospheres. Hell, I mean, uh, next week when we have, like, what, five or six tournaments out here, I used to go to all of these. Now with our hours, it's a little bit different, you know, getting here at 3 o'clock in the morning. But um, that's one game, specifically this weekend. I And I, I've never liked Duke or Coach K for a second in my life.
3: I have more interest in Lakers. I would Lakers. love being there. I'm sorry. I have more interest in Lakers-Warriors. To be honest.
0: Oh, Saturday God, night. that's unwatchable. No, no way. Oh, that's unwatchable. I'd rather
3: watch LeBron and Curry. No,
0: I, I have that's no... Me. You're going to watch that game instead? I'd rather... If it was head-to-head, I would. I would... I, I, that, that's a game I might not watch a second of on Saturday night. The Lakers, the way that they're running right now? Oh,
3: yuck. No, thank you. The train wreck. I can't look away. i got going to get blown out again? <laughs> yeah. More intriguing for me.
0: Do you have any interest in going to, like... A soccer match over in Europe. Anytime? Yes, I do. No, that I do. That's
3: yes. yes yeah. Good. Good. Nigel on. The
0: I, I would love to do that sometime. That would be great. And I still would love to go to an SEC game sometime. I've never been to an SEC game in college football. Oh,
3: well, that's on the table anytime you want. Yeah. Oxford Bob, the bully. Go see Bob, our as, buddy. As much as I hate to, but i mean, right down the street from the Mannings, and we're just right from the stadium. We'll walk, sure. You can walk to the stadium. Sure. Said. For those of you who have
0: like seen that plenty of times in the past. Uh, like LSU on a Saturday night like against a Bama. Not
3: it doesn't he have to be against Bama. Well, Joe the bookie set that up. Oh, that Great would be. He, you know what Joe the bookie did? This guy with the text. Not, he turned five hundred into twenty seven thousand with the blackjack. When he was out here the last time, I, I can't win the damn hand to wait, save wait, my a, life. And wasn't he past, Wasn't he like well, the first, bl- He was no, he, 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 he was yeah, he was drunk. He he, he, he to, Were you on vacation? Oh, you were the COVID. He was going through his phone. And he was like, what? Trying to piece together what happened. He wakes up all hungover and he looks. He's got screenshots of uh, all these chips. He won $5,000. No recollection. None. Hmm. With me at the exact opposite. Oh, no. I got all these ATM receipts. Oh, I lost now What happened what did last I lose? night? Piece it together. Joe yeah. wins five grand. He turns 527000 Then he sent another text. Oh, I did it again. Oh, yeah. It's all these big chips,
0: stacks of chips in front of him. When we were younger, how, how many times do you think we actually had a night like the movie hangover oh God I mean not not that a hotel room was trashed or anything like that and we had a tiger we <laughs> driving stole a cop my car. T- driving a cop car that may have happened yeah. once or twice no but like you wake up the next day you got home safe somebody gave you a ride home but it's like wait a oh, second yep. let me, let, yep. how was how bad was the damage yep I remember one time this is when I first moved out here and I'm making like zero money whatsoever took my paycheck and then some with Adam Hill and his mom, we went to go watch a, uh, and, his, st- mom. and his, mom his mom, to a uh, stand-up comedy show at the tropic. the Tropicana used to have like the best place to go watch stand-up okay. up comedy, it was, it was called the Comedy Stop at the Trop, it was so good, we are, we had too much to drink, we're, we're booing the comedian, like security came <laughs> over at some point, and said guys you gotta cut it out all- otherwise, we were there, <laughs> I, w- I woke up on Adam Hill's couch, we played blackjack until pff, the sun was out, I'm. I, I, I made his mom cry. Oh no! At the Tropicana because she was trying to pull me off the table because they were taking a wrecking ball to me, and I wouldn't get wouldn't off the table. It, sure. And I don't know how many trips I made to the ATM. The dark right? theory. And I woke up on his couch and I looked. The first thing I did is, oh, how bad was it last night? I looked up in my wallet, and I went upstairs to Adam's room and I'm like, ah, uh, what happened? <laughs>
3: He's like, Joe, the bookie, the yeah. opposite. Yeah. Yep. He's in the zone when he's when he's drunk. He doesn't lose hands. I've seen it. He's splitting everything. It's making rain. He's, ah, oh, that 20 double. The one thing, and the dealer was at, we were at the Golden Gate. The lady's having fun. He doubles down. He's splitting. Then the girl's the girls showing him the bus card and waving in his face and having fun to give him a high five. See, that's what I want. I want the dealer who's on my side. They want yep. the tip, not the pat on the back from the pit boss. Right. You're playing it for tips. Let's go. Yep. Be on my side. Yep. Too much of that. You want the pat on the back from the pit boss. So I just read the book, Bringing Down the House, based on the
0: MIT Blackjack group. And it's another time, I think we were on the strip. I think it may have been the TROP again. Book's phenomenal. We're playing blackjack. I'm I'm, I'm doing like their philosophy in my head of you know how hard are the cards right now. I have a 13 against a face card. I doubled down. I pulled an 8. <laughs> At that point, the pit boss is coming up. I'm like, that'll do it for me. I just like, that's it. I can never, uh, I, yeah, oh, you know. God. Okay. <laughs> D- dumbest, move, dumbest move I can possibly make, and it came out with an eight. And I'm like, all right, I'll see you later, folks. Uh, uh, up next, professional gambler Randy McKay is going to join the show. In studio, full hour, hasn't had a uh, job in 25 years. We'll have him explain dumpster diving, what's a sweeper, what's a vulture, and how to take advantage of casino mistakes.